Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We're your guides through sordid tales of movies, music, and pop culture. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis, so now's your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous. Please use responsibly, but do subscribe. And now your hosts, James Thomas and David Hawk. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, two days from the end of the year with a banned outlaw from Facebook. It is the Mile High Podcast with a kit with your host, Dave, and and his co-host for this episode, Melody. Dave? You nailed it this time. Last week was a little dicey. This week, you nailed it. I'm so proud of you. We've come so far. Thank you. Well, yeah, like James said, uh, this is uh, Quick Hits. It's the last Mount High podcast, last Truckee Pacific show of the year. Uh, I am so thrilled to have Mel with me tonight. Uh, she is one of our main co-hosts of the Mount High podcast. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm off for the next three days. I actually get uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off, which hasn't happened in probably a dozen years. So I'm going to enjoy that. How about you? How was your holidays? It was. They were great. They were great. You know, we um we celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. So basically, from Thanksgiving until January second, which is my birthday, it's just it's literally the holiday season. <laughs> um, so it, I'm tired of potatoes and chocolate chip cookies, but I, it was wonderful. It was very nice, and I'm definitely looking forward to putting 2020 to an end. Right, I want to be very honest. I'm completely ignorant on Hanukkah. I like. I know the whole the general like you know, eight crazy nights and, you know, the oil and all that. But I don't know how the hell they come up with the dates for Hanukkah. It's like, sometimes it'll be at the end of December and sometimes it'll be, be during Thanksgiving. So since you are an active celebrator of the uh, eight crazy nights, why don't you tell me, uh, how do they determine the dates of Hanukkah? I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, I wish I you have it on the calendar. That's, that's pretty much it. I just follow what the calendar yes. says. No, I can show you on my homepage. There's like the next five years of, of Hanukkah dates on a calendar for me. I know next year it's like November 28th. I yeah, think like what starts. the fuck? Like it was uh, mid December this year. I mean, it had to do with when the last Sunday falls. The last okay. Sunday of the week has to fall, has to be the first Sunday of December, there's, something like that's that. Way too it's many like rules, Thanksgiving. Man. This whole Christmas thing yeah. is like on the 25th every fucking year for all of time. That that I can follow. You know, mm-hmm. these changing dates. I don't know anything about that. We do that with Thanksgiving and Mother's Day and Father's Day. All right. Well, do you celebrate be. Mother's Day and Father's Day like you do with Hanukkah? Well, no. Of all course right. not. <laughs> and Thanksgiving is always the last Thursday of the month. So like yes. you have so a that's general a little idea. Bit easier. Hanukkah is yes. just like whatever I, I don't know this year it's in november next year into december that's what that's how we're doing it it's 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 similar to thanksgiving and then it falls the sunday has to fall on an x uh, you know week of the month but it's also based on a separate calendar the jewish calendar is different so there you <laughs> There's go way too many rules to this holiday but you get you yeah. get shit for eight straight days so i think that's that's pretty cool that's a good part about it yeah but here's the thing with with our because they do both i'm like you your eight nights of hanukkah those gifts are like they're almost think stocking stuffer gifts for me anyway, because I'm not doing that for eight nights in a row and then finishing it up with Christmas. Like you can't outdo yourself every night. So we build up. So you've seen the Goldbergs, obviously. You know how they're a Jewish family on this show, but they'd celebrate Christmas. Um, I know we had plenty of uh, Jewish friends growing up that kind of did that same thing, where it was like they celebrated Christmas, even though they were celebrating mostly Hanukkah. Um, did you ever do that growing up when you were like, we're going to celebrate Jewish Christmas or did you, or I don't know. No. So here's the funny thing. I I guess I should make this clear to our listeners too, because I don't want to misrepresent anything. I'm very, very, very not officially Jewish. So we took my, my sister and my mother took DNA tests and they call me and they're like, we're 12% Jewish. And it turns out there's some confusion with them and decimal points versus percentages. We are not 12% Jewish, but it would have explained a missing great grandfather in our lineage from Germany. And we thought maybe there was something there. And it happened to be at a time when we lived in New Jersey. So our kids were um, super interested because they had a lot of friends that were Jewish. We lived in a neighborhood. They didn't go to like 
their after school care, it was the YMHA, the Young Men's Hebrew Association. They learned, you know, they went to swimming at like the Jewish Community Center. So they were familiar with it. They got really excited when they thought they were part Jewish. So we have respectfully incorporated it into our family. We have friends who are Jewish locally that we speak with to make sure that we're doing it right. Um, the, our children have some interest in it and they're young adults. So I'm letting them explore it, you know, and I mean, we, we, we obviously are a little bit Jewish, but it's like that typical white ancestry story where it turns out that you're like 0.12% something and you're like, oh my God, we're something. And so it's a little bit embarrassing. They love it. And, and we, had, we, yeah. And we enjoy those, those nights. Like it's different from Christmas because the, the kids really did pick it in some ways. Like they really do. They learned all the right, they, they sing all the prayers. They've practiced with a cantor from a synagogue and learned all the right pronunciations. We, you know, we like the candles in the right order and everything. And they really do sit with us the whole time the candles are burning. And they help me make challah bread and they help us, they help us shred potato fairy. Just, it's really, really pleasant. So I enjoy it. Nice. I recommend it. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I took one of those DNA tests too, and I am I am as much Italian as you are Jewish, so we celebrate. We're a very Italian family, and we have about <laughs> as much percentage of Italian as you have as Jewish. So there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. There's no fault in that. Um, one thing that my DNA test did reveal. Yeah, I mean, we we've all been told that we're different things. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, What's what? cool about, um, we did, uh, so what, what are you then? <laughs> well, I, I'm mostly Italian and then a bunch of everything else. Like, uh, I'm a whole fucking smorgasbord. I'm mostly English, Irish. I have red hair, obviously. Um, mostly Italian. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. but my, uh, my DNA came back and not only did ancestry place my DNA to the very region where my grandma, my grandma's grandma came from in the little boot of mm -hmm. Italy, um, like the toe of the boot, really small town, like it fucking narrowed down to there. But they, the craziest story, like I know, um, I want you to tell James a story because I know James had some pretty interesting stuff from his DNA test. We're going way off topic, by the way. Um, but when I brought my DNA or when I got my DNA results back, um, I have a lot of family on Ancestry but I shared more pairs of DNA with some lady I have never heard of or met. And so like, I, I try to contact her like, Hey, we share like more pairs of DNA than even my first aunt and my first cousins. Like we share more DNA than anybody. And she's like, that's very interesting. I'm like, well, do you know this person, this person never got back to me. And then I like, I figured out because this became, became kind of like a saucy story that, was held secret in the my family's history like my grandpa when he was going off to world war ii had a baby out of wedlock and like nobody knew the secret until i got my dna results back and so it's like there's this whole history here that we need to know about and i like i emailed this lady I'm like there is a whole history here like i i know how we're related and she never got back to me ever if somebody told me like i know how we're related i'd be like fucking tell me everything right now but she's like nothing radio silence and so yeah so i have this weird other family so in people san francisco really been out of shape yeah well not san francisco okay yeah i have That's a whole, whole like, we, i mean i haven't had one done no but i know james has go ahead sorry yeah i think <laughs> i think one of us is breaking up a little bit but um yeah yeah tell, you know, tell a story about james because my, my sister and everybody did one yeah oh go ahead yeah um my okay my mom bought everybody everybody she could think of these ancestry or one two three 23 and me so that's what it was um they were like two first and she bought like a million of them she thought they were so cool and she just really 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 was hoping for like a family secret to pop out. So she kept giving them all of us as gifts. I don't know how I got this, but everyone else got one at some point or another. And James takes his and nothing comes of it. And then like for, I don't know, eight months after he got his first result, he had a sibling and that he shared like 25%, I think with, well, 
Um, so, you know, James reaches out to this guy and long story short, it turns out it's his half brother and James's dad did not know that, you know, he had a son and it, it, this was not like anything nefarious, you know, luckily there was no, no like bad timing, you know? It, um, so a few months go by again and James calls me and he's like, I got another notice on 23andMe and I said, what is this? And he says, um, it's another sibling. <laughs> So it turns out he also has a half-sister and the half-sister actually has um, a son who lives out here in Colorado and like it's it's been interesting we've all kind of met up here and there and you know so it's like new family and it's gone really well that can be such a touchy subject though like oh, yeah. you just never know how people are going to approach it um, you know some people really take it personal I think it's cool I, I think it'd be even cooler if it turned out my family had a secret like that in some ways just because that's funny to me but you know, some people not so much. I think it's me that has a bad connection. Well, I can hear you just fine. You just, you don't move. So it's like, but let's try to push through. We're, we're going to get through this. We're going to get this oh. together. So that was, that was a very interesting story. <laughs> that was way off of what we're talking about. Um, but like I said, this is our last show, our last truck yeah, Pacific show. Not even our story or our year. Yeah, no. Um, this has been a great year. For on some respects, like Truckee Pacific has really grown from just hanging out in uh, your guys's bedroom, your spare bedroom, to like, you know, you know, eighteen hundred people watched our last episode of the show. I mean, last week our quick hits has over three hundred views. So we've definitely taken uh, this show nice. to a different level. Um, but the world has kind of burned around us. So. Uh, finally, this fucking year is over. Uh, give me some prognostications of 2021. What's the world going to be like next year? So, um, I my prediction is that I mean, as we have already seen, the vaccination rollout is not going very well. So, I am predicting that until the vaccine starts becoming readily available. Um, we continue as we are, which is kind of this holding pattern where some of us believe masks are important and some of us go out and prove it's not. And um, I mean, it's just kind of, to me, I, I know people think it's really gonna end something next year and maybe it will, but I feel like it's already kind of been politicized and everybody's picked their side. So we'll see, yeah. but it needs to be a collective effort, people. <laughs> so we'll see. That's my prediction about the virus. Um, but I do think people are going to get more creative about how to entertain. Um, there aren't, like, the TV and movie and music industries are not going to miss out on revenue when there is an entire country full of bored people stuck in the house. You know, they're just going to have to figure out new ways to share it. So I, I think we'll see some creativity there in the beginning of the year and um, a little bit of hope certainly once that vaccine does start rolling out and becoming available. So I think overall, I mean, you know, it's going to start out a little messy, but I think it's going to clean up well because we can do this and, you know, we, can, we will. We will do this together. What about you? Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I think January, into January, we uh, really turn a corner. Um, like we start taking shit serious again and put people charge, like adults in charge again. And I think stuff, uh, the vaccine will start to take hold and uh probably the mid to latter part of the summer and then by the end of the year i think we will see the first signs of what the new normal is going to be like i mean uh i think with the vaccine you're gonna start seeing slow rolls so you know restaurants start to open back up some of the restrictions start to go away um and i think by next christmas a, a year from now i think you know masks won't be necessary, but a lot of people will still be wearing them. I, I know I'll probably still be wearing them, even though they're not required. Yeah. I think the restrictions, the distancing restrictions will go away. I think we'll start to see concerts and stuff start to come back slowly. It'll be like, you know, it'll take somebody like a Bruce Springsteen to put on a massive show or U2 or um, I, I'm not that well versed in pop music, but you know, it'll take a big name to put up a big show. <laughs> You're really showing people. your age here. I know, man. Although the kid BTS, when BTS throws the first concert, they're gonna 
you know, they're going to like set the, the tone for everybody else. Like if BTS can throw, you know, 20,000 person concert and everybody comes out relatively unscathed, then that'll be the sign. Like, okay, let's start packing these venues again. So I say within a year, we'll start to see our, what our new normal is going to be, but we'll never go back to pre COVID times. We'll never do that. No, no, it's a little sad. Hopefully we get as close to it as we can and, and still stay safe. For what it's worth, if anybody ever sees me and recognizes me, I prefer the social, the distance six feet thing. Um, I've always had a thing about personal space. <laughs> so just, you know, to me, I'm shocked when people are like six feet and I'm like, you know, it's not really that far. Like, it still feels like you could back up more <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> just saying yeah so, i hear you yeah um as bad as 2020 was you know like i said there's some good things that happened in 2020 um and there's gonna be some bad things that happened in 2021 too we're gonna lose some pretty important people but i think generally um there's gonna be some good positive stuff that comes out i mean well you're saying the art that's coming out um people are finding out how to f- keep filming movies and shows and books are you know, becoming popular again. And for an author like me, um, you know, that's really important. And like um, Mm -hmm. people are like starting to learn how to use different platforms like podcasting and audiobooks. like um, audiobooks have been around forever, but now they're starting to recreate those old timey um, serial episodes through like Spotify and through um, audible. So you have like, you know, uh, Neil Gaiman, I think the one of the best literary works of last year, Neil Gaiman uh, re-recorded um, what the fuck, uh, Sandman and turned it into a, a dramatic play uh, on Audible. And he had like James McAvoy come in and do parts. I mean, and it was amazing. And so you can start to see more of that stuff come out. I mean, there's going to be a, a lot of great art mm-hmm. that comes out. Um, so that's one thing that I'm, I'm excited for because there's a bunch of artists and creative thinkers that are cooped up and they have nothing else to do, but go out into their writing room and hammer out a few pages or write a a new song or come up with a a screenplay or something like that. So, um, you know, I'm excited for that. So that's, that'll be a positive that comes out of 2021. I agree. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. So I saw that you're smoking something. What are you smoking over there? So I am smoking. I have a favorite store right now. It's Live Well. It's the one in Green Valley Ranch. Is that right? I always say it wrong. Anyways, over on Tower. Um, it is Commerce City Kush. It's a sativa. It tested a 28% THC. Not that that matters, but it's not like, that's kind of high for me. I don't go for like the kick-ass stuff usually because I have to talk and think. And so, um, you know, but it, it's like a, it's a nice light, heady high not like I'm sleepy or, or hungry. So, not yeah. bad. Yeah, I've been trying to expand my horizon since we've had Courtney on our show. Like I haven't been going mm-hmm. for the higher THC. I've been like, you know, doing a lot more research. And then what I found out is the stuff I like is the stuff I've been getting all along anyway. So, um, but I do enjoy going to Lova over <laughs> off of Tower and Quincy and Tower. Um, so I'm actually smoking a Lova brand tonight. We're smoking Golden Goat. And it's testing at 27%. And when I, when I went there, I was like, this is what I want. This is what okay. I want. They're like, you want this stuff. And it's like literally the same stuff I would have ordered anyway had I not done the research. But I feel smarter now. And I, we, No, we, we do it. We, we get like a cheaper kind of house brand, if you will. But we always splurge a little extra side. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I have like a whole box full of the shake ounces that you get from light shade because I smoke a lot of weed when I write, I smoke a lot of weed, but then like when I do the shows, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, generic, like shake stuff. Like I want to have like a good product. And so like, I'll shell out a few extra bucks to get a Lova or get a higher end uh, stuff over at light shade. Like I'll drop, you know, 40, 50 bucks for an eighth. Cause I want a real good product versus the house stuff. I normally smoke, man. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, beer night versus scotch exactly exactly so 
normally this is where we would go into the what are we watching phase um but everything that i'm watching is actually on my list and so i'm basically going to blow my list because we're doing the top five favorites tonight so um i kind of i want to skip the what are we watching because this whole basically this whole episode is the shit that we've watched the whole year it's a culmination of everything that we've watched and um one of the things that i found it very difficult coming up with my list was like (laughs) remembering what happened at the beginning of the year because you know the first part of 2020 is so different than the latter part of 2020 that it's hard to put those two bookends together and make sense of it so when i was going through this list i was like i can't believe this came out this year i can't believe this came out so um tell me how was it putting together your top five list it was very weird. We were kind of talking about it before the show that I was like, well, in March, I spent about a month watching Golden Girls, which I know didn't come out in 2020. But if you ask me what I watched and truly enjoyed in 2020, Golden Girls would come up. And that's just the way it is. But um, obviously, they're not on my list. But yeah, I had the same problem. It was like, I couldn't remember what movies came out this year or if they came out two years ago and I just finally got around to watching it because yeah. I was home this year and I did my best to keep it released this year. But I think there's some things that deserve some attention for the year too. But it won't be Golden Girls, I promise. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Um, let's go movies. Tell me your right. top five movies and uh, tell me why you liked them so much and why your number one is your number one. Okay. Oof, okay. So I didn't do... No, I have a number one. Okay, I'll go with number five, obviously, starting off. It's uh, the Dora movie, and I know that sounds crazy, and I did not remember that it was even this year. This is one of those ones where I was sure it came out like five years ago, but uh, The Lost City of Gold, it's hilarious for anybody who watched it with their kids, then you will appreciate it because Dora was a thing. It had its moment for some of us parents, and um, I, I, my kids didn't love it but they got it and they understood why we loved it so you know I, it was definitely aimed for the people who had to watch the people watching that show so uh number four is onward which was the disney pixar one from earlier this year um i couldn't put it higher up on the list just because two things it didn't have a great soundtrack and there are other ones that came up this year that did and then um the ending pissed me off. It pissed me off. I like that movie so much, but the ending just pissed me off. And I won't spoil it for people because I don't want to, but I was frustrated. So uh, number three for me was Knives Out. I thought it was clever. It kept me kind of on my toes the whole time. I mean, have you seen it, Dave? Oh, yeah. I saw it in the theater. Is that one of those ones where like yeah. it came out in a completely oh, different right. time? <laughs> completely different world. I totally forgot about right. that. Right. That was one where I, I had to James double check for me. He's like, nice. I was like, no, nah, I think we just saw that this year. But it just, it had a power, it had a great cast. It had, um, you know, and it, it just kept me going. Um, it was really frustrating the first time I saw it because it, for some reason we had rented it on a 24 hour rental and we realized we were running out of time. So we started it and we had 11 minutes left of the movie when the 24 hours ran out. So we had to rent it for a second day to watch the last 11 minutes. But other than that, other than that, like it, I'm sure the ending would have been even more climactic had they not cut out halfway through every, yeah. everything finally being explained. Yeah, that was a um, for, for me, number two is soul. I know it, yeah, it was just, it, it was funny and um, it kind of in some ways reminded me of the Royal Tannenbaums, which I've always loved, um, like kind of dry, dysfunctional family stuff so. for me number two was soul which just came out this week i loved it loved it loved it um obviously i mean it wasn't even really that music based, um but it was really touching it had all those aspects of pixar where it, it's funny for the grown-ups and probably still pretty entertaining for the kids and it almost made me cry but i didn't cry and i loved that because i was really sick of crying at Pixar movies there were touching moments it was still very you know talks about humanity and all that but um it just it wasn't quite so like there are movies that I love that I can't watch anymore Inside Out I won't watch it again because I'm just so sick of crying when that girl hugs her parents <laughs> when she gets this year was the king of Staten Island 
um, oh, with yeah. Pete Davidson. Man, Just a great movie. A great yeah. Um, I, I don't think I have to explain too much why it was funny and touching and um, it was kind of, you know, I think something everybody can relate to. We've all either been depressed or loved someone who has gone through some kind of depression. And um, it was just a satisfying film. I think it was very relatable. And you did not expect that from him. So I love no. a good surprise. Yeah. I, man, you had some good ones. Like, I totally forgot Knives Out and King of Staten Island. I, I even did research and looked up all the movies. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, King of Staten Island is great. <laughs> I had the same problem. <laughs> and it, it goes to show you that even in a year where we're still locked down, there's a lot of great shit that was still coming out. And we'll still that's still on the books. They're yeah. still waiting to come out. Great list. Very good list. Yep. Yep. All right. There's always gonna be. Thank always. you. Thank you. All right. My top five. So uh, this is a movie that I saw just uh, a week ago. I love horror movies, and so it takes a lot for me to enjoy a, a good horror movie. Uh, but a movie called The Dark and the Wicked uh, came out. A real good ghost story, kind of a, a demonish kind of ghost story. Uh, really suspenseful, some pretty good jump scares in there. So, uh, love that movie, Dark and the Wicked. Um, Onward was my number four. Um, I enjoyed it for the same reasons, and I think I disliked it for the same reasons as well. So, we're pretty much on the on board with uh, Onward. <laughs> uh, my number three, I'm cheating a little bit because I also I enjoy watching documentaries, and Netflix came out with a couple of documentaries, and they're on the shorter side. So I'm basically putting together these two shorter documentaries, putting together as one movie. Um, the first one is Social Dilemma, all about uh, how uh, social media companies are manipulating their users. And then the other one is a movie called Speed Cubers, about these about two one. rivals who are also friends. Uh, one of them happens to be autistic, but they are world champion uh, Rubik's Cube. And uh, their friendship is just a really touching, warm story. So... Uh, that's my number three. I know it kind of cheated a little bit. Um, up until Christmas Day, my number one movie was going to be Tenet by Christopher Nolan. It was just a brilliant piece of filmmaking. Very fucking hard to understand. Um, one that you have to watch multiple times and you have to read all the, the uh, Wikipedia and IMDb shit all about it in order to understand what's going on. But it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking. Christopher Nolan is just a, a genius. Um, but that's not number one. It's my number two. My number one movie was Soul. Um, it was a little too grown up for uh, its Yay. normal Pixar audience. But I thought that the story was great. Um, unexpected. I thought it was going to be all in the Soul world. And then when they went back in and Jamie Foxx became a cat, you know, that was whole great. Like, you know, it really it made you think throughout the whole thing. Like, you know, really embrace really embrace the, the little things in life and for a message for 2020 what more perfect message can you have like embrace the little things that you'll enjoy um because that's you know your purpose is just uh, enjoying life as it comes um but also what put over the top is that uh as you see i'm a huge nine inch nails fan and the music was done by trent Reznor of nine inch nails and atticus ross so um, yeah. if they don't win an oscar for that i'll be furious because it was the music in there was unbelievable um, so I think Soul mm -hmm. had everything. Um, that's I think yep. is the best movie that came out last year. What do you think? I think um, I almost agree with you as my number two. And it was a toss up for me. I didn't want to put Soul in number one just because I had just seen it. And I thought, well, maybe it's just fresh in my head. And so it feels better. So I was trying to be, feel, be fair because, you know, King of Staten Island came out a whole pandemic ago yeah. and it still <laughs> stuck out in my head. So yeah. I thought that probably meant something. That's really fair. <laughs> but I wouldn't be mad at anybody who put it in their top one or two. Absolutely. It was a great yeah. movie. It was a great movie. And the cat cracked me up. <laughs> like the actual cat. As soon as Jamie Foxx became a cat, everybody in, her, in the living room goes, so what happened to the cat? <laughs> and then they tell you. So yeah. sad. But yeah. And I, I guess you're right. It probably wasn't for little, little kids. But in some ways, it wasn't as dark as the other ones. You know, True. like... Coco, you know, they really die. So yeah. I don't know. I don't have little kids. If there's any viewers who have little kids, let me know what they thought. I'd love to know. Yeah. Uh, Mel is answering all the comments on our uh, Facebook page tonight, which I'm thinking there are none at this point. 
I don't even think my mom uh, knows. Well, hello, Sean, and happy new year. Now Hi, that Sean. you mention it, hello, Sean in Indiana. Sean in Indiana. Because it's What's cold, up? which, you know, it's Indiana in December, so sounds about right. <laughs> it's uh, not that much warmer here in Denver, but, you know, it's a dry cold. It, it is a dry cold. My, man, my fucking hands. That's I, I have to wash my hands like 50 times a day for work. I work in food service. And so my fucking mm-hmm. knuckles are just like cracked and bleeding. It's really gross. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Mel. How about some honorable mentions? Go that... to, um... Do you hear what I said? Oh, I was going to show you go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get like the... No, I didn't honorable mentions yeah so movies that are not necessarily your top five but movies that uh you highly recommend or really enjoyed um that's so funny because i went through and deleted a bunch of movies that i wasn't going to put on here when i realized i'd seen other stuff um i enjoyed birds of prey and i'm not a huge dc um or harley quinn fan i think i've talked about my issues with her um but i really like what they're doing with her character uh right now amongst the pop culture, you know, zeitgeist, if you will. And in that way, I, I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, I couldn't remember if the Joker came out this year or last, which was another one that was DC and I didn't expect to like it. And I, I really enjoyed it. That's all I can think of. <laughs> well, I'm going to cheat again. One of my honorable mentions was Hamilton. It came out. Uh, that, yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, uh, there's another movie on that went straight to Prime. It, it was uh, produced and done by Prime um, called 7500 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt where uh, he's a co-pilot in an airplane that's been hijacked and the hijackers are trying to force their way into the cockpit while um, and the, the main pilot is dead um, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is trying to um, save all these people on the back while he's being hijacked. So very suspenseful movie. I really highly recommend that. So that's 7,500 on Amazon. And the most unexpected movie that sounds really fucking stupid, but was pulled off really wonderfully was an American pickle with Seth Rogen, where his great grandpa falls into a pickling vat and for a hundred years and then is resuscitated. And it's, Seth Rogen from a hundred years ago and having to deal with life with Seth Rogen of today. Um, so it's a really funny movie. It's hard to explain. It's a weird premise, but it's really funny. Uh, I think that's the HBO max. Okay. Running, so. I-, I will check that out. I-, I appreciate a silly goofy humor. Yeah. Seth Rogen. Like Seth Rogen. Yeah. I think Seth I'm Rogen in. would be a great thing. Yeah. 7,500. So good. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt put out a couple of good movies. Uh, he put out the Chicago Seven on Netflix about the protesters from the Chicago uh, DNC protest. Uh, he's in that. He's really good in that. Kind of an underrated actor. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, another movie. I oh, I just double checked to verify it's a 2019 movie, but I'm still gonna give it a shout out. But it was Zombieland. Double tap. Oh yeah, that's good. Uh, Woody Harrelson, just hilarious. Great movie. Don't know what made me think of it. Something you said. I have one more, the Sonic. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that's really? kind of like that was kind of like the um, Door of the Explorer movie. It's like you didn't expect it to be good, and then it was actually pretty good. And Jim Carrey was was like the best Jim Carrey movie there's been in probably ten years. That's really really interesting. It was a good movie. I highly recommend that one. All right. So not only were we watching a shitload <laughs> Sorry, of movies. Yeah, I know I have, uh, have we watched a shitload of movies, but we also watch a, a ton of television. Um, Mel, do you want to kick us off? What are your top five shows of the year? Okay, this was so hard. It was so hard because I watched so much shit this year, you guys. Like, I watched I, everything I could think of. Um, and so now I was like racking my brain because I was like, I can't, I don't know what shows are still technically out right now. So um, here it is. This is ultimately the top five that stuck out and came to my mind that made me happy or brought me some kind of joy during lockdown. And I will start with number five, which was the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO. Again, I just really like what they are doing with her brand right now, um, where they're making her more independent. And it it was just, it was funny and 
check it out if, if you don't mind. It's very vulgar, obviously, but it's just hilarious. Uh, number four for me was The Crown. And I put it number four because I have a love-hate relationship <laughs> and fascination with this whole entire idea of a monarchy. I think being American in particular, it's it's an odd concept for me. I'm like, why do they still just pay for these people? Like their kids go to the best schools in the country for what? Because their grandma waves out a window at the trooping of the colors. Yeah, I don't get it. Don't do I don't get it. Right. But they have this agreement and it looks like a troubled life. Like there's a trade-off. I'm not saying I wouldn't consider it. I don't know. It's fascinating. Don't take it as fact, although there are factual events that you know, tell you where you are in the time. There's no way we know what happened in their private conversations, obviously, but it's very fascinating. The queen, love or hate the monarchy, was a very strong woman, and uh, there was a lot, you know, she's, she's had a lot of history, so. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, I have to go back to my, 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 my comfort zone, which is comedy, and so literally my top three in, in a row, What We Do in Shadows, oh, yeah. uh, Bob's Burgers, and Schitt's Creek. Um, I thought Bob's Burgers was going to have a weak season this year um, just because you could kind of see it coming and they've been around for a while and I was getting nervous. Um, I thought season eight is kind of my least favorite of their seasons and I was afraid it was just going to start going downhill, but I really, they've, they've kept me happy this year. I've really enjoyed it. And Schitt's Creek, I know that's a cheat because I don't think it ended even this year, but nobody noticed it until this year. So I put it on my list as number one. Um, they just really encapsulated I think how everybody was feeling in some ways which is you are used to your world being one way and then in the snap of a finger the whole world or your whole world changes to this new environment and you just have to learn how to adjust and keep on pushing and um, I think it, that's why we all related to it six years after it was made yeah I think that's so funny you said that because like I didn't really watch it. I crammed the whole season or the whole series this year. Um, I think Shit's Creek was one of those shows that was like, had a cult following. And then all of a sudden quarantine is like, and everybody's like, oh, I've heard of the Shit's Creek show. Maybe I'll give it a chance. And they're like, holy mm -hmm. shit. I love this fucking show. Now it's like a cultural phenomenon, but yeah, Shit's Creek. And, it, and they stuck the landing, which was so hard. It's so hard for shows to do. Like look at uh, Game of Thrones. You know, it's hard to do. But mm -hmm. I definitely think that they stuck the landing. Um, Especially and I had, once you get that following. Oh, like, yeah. You're going to piss somebody off. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Um, I, just like you, I had a really tough time figuring out what the top shows were. Um, so I actually have quite a long um, honorable mentions list. So you know, we'll come to that. Uh, but my number five show was a, a show by Greg Daniels from The Office. It's called Upload on Amazon. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, yeah, a guy dies and his consciousness is uploaded into this like virtual reality and he's trying to solve his murder at the same time. He's like trying to figure out like what it really means to be human. And you know, it, it was a really great show. And, you know, Greg Daniels is brilliant. He wrote a, a great show. Um, this is one of those shows that I'm like, I can't, I, I couldn't believe that this was in 2020, but it was, it was the final season of The Good Place. Um, the Good Place was <laughs> such a brilliant fucking show. Ted Danson's so great. Uh, Ted Danson has a new show coming out. It's like Mr. Mayor, where he's a bumbling mayor, uh, but it's good to see him back in a sitcom. But Good Place yeah. was fantastic, and the last season was great. Um, Shit's Creek on, was one of my number ones up until recently, and then it, now it's my number three show. But they they ended strong. I watched the whole series. I convinced my my whole family to watch it, and they fucking love it. So uh, Shit's Creek has been great um number two is mandalorian i mean they fucking mandalorian killed it this year i mean last year they introduced baby yoda baby yoda took over the world and then they <laughs> said no are we gonna give you know take baby yoda but we're gonna give you ahsoka we're gonna give you the dark saber um have you seen the end like can i say can i spoil the end uh go ahead all right, I'm they fucking bring up. back Go Luke ahead. Skywalker and R2D2. I mean, oh, that I already knew. All right, well, yeah, they <laughs> fucking, I, I mean, they took last season, they just add on top of it. So, Mandalorian was fantastic. But the number one show, I, I shit you not, and I, you've got to get Apple Plus for this show or Apple TV, Ted Lasso. What a fucking great show. We're on the second time. Like, I don't watch shows like over and over. Maybe The Office, I do, but Ted Lasso. We're already through the second time we've watched it. And I mean, it's one of those ones where you can like put on when you're going to bed or like 
man, it was kind of a long day. Let me put on a funny show and you can just put that on. I mean, Ted Lasso is such a ray of sunshine in this dark fucking year. Uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is worth just, you know, sign up for the free trial. There's only like eight episodes. So sign up for the free trial on Apple, binge the shit out of it. And then, you know, sign up again under a different email address in a year when the new, next step, uh, season comes through. But Ted Lasso, best, okay. show this, best show of the year. I tell you, it's great. Okay. Ted Lasso. Ted you Lasso. heard it here first, folks. Um, give me some of your honorable mentions. As far as television shows? Yes. Um, I had to cut it out just because I prefer comedy, but The Queen's <clears throat> Gambit was up there. Um, that was a show that I appreciate that it was only one season. Um, it knew what it had, and it, it, it also stuck the landing, which is hard to do. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, it's probably because I'm, I'm going through, I'm a psychology major, and so I have gone through a phase now where I'm making James watch these crazy serial killer documentaries with me, like all the serial killer documentaries, um, or at least murder case type stuff. Uh, right now we're watching Evil Genius, which I'm not that far into yet, so I don't want to comment, but um, we just finished The Staircase, which is a series mm -hmm. on, I believe, Netflix about the author, this author whose wife is found at the bottom of the stairs, and he's accused of murder, and it seems very cut and dry, and then, like, so much shit goes on that... By the end, you just, you need to take a shower because the system yeah. is dirty. It's just terrible. Yeah. Um, so I've been going through a kick of those. So I will honorable mention all the documentaries about serial killers on Netflix right now. Like they, they've been very entertaining. We saw the one about the East area. Oh yeah. Um, well, we, um, I'll be gone in the dark. Yes. Yeah, yes, that was great. That, that, was that really one great. was great. Um, and I think that's what that really got me started on, on like, oh, I do like these. And there are parts of it that, you know, because I don't know why for a while I avoided them. They make you feel scared sometimes, or at least mm. for me anyways. Um, but yeah, that's my, my other honorable mention is go ahead and sit on the couch and just watch them and figure out who did it. You never know. Yeah. Do you listen to podcasts? There are some great um, serial killer podcasts, like last podcast on the left, um, my favorite murder, uh, serial killers. Um, there's some really great like true crime podcasts I highly recommend. I have checked out last podcast podcast on the left because you've mentioned them a couple of times. And I do like podcasts, but now that my job has changed, I, I used to work at a job where it made sense for me to listen to podcasts while I work. And now I can't. So it's I'm not finding the same kind of time to listen to them. And the only other time I would ever listen to them would be in the car, which I am in significantly less now that I'm not driving an hour to work every mm. day. So um, but you know, like I have a bunch that I keep kind of adding and I'm like, well, someday. I'll yeah, someday. Chris Bennett will have me sign. Yeah, I have a list of like 35 podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, someday I'll get to it. And now like another, all the podcasts yeah. are on hiatus for like a couple weeks. So now I'm going back through the list. Uh, there's some good stuff out there. Um, one of my honorable mentions was uh, this movie, the show called The Outsider based off of a Stephen King book uh, about like a yeah. shape-shifting monster that kill, preys on little kids. Uh, that was a really great show and typical Stephen King fashion. It was an eight part series, seven parts of the, the show were unbelievable. And then the ending was pretty terrible. So that's why it's not in my top five. It would have been if it had a better ending, but Stephen King doesn't do endings. Well, and this show didn't do an ending very well. Um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, another show that just got canceled, which pissed me off is a show on Amazon called Utopia with John Cusack and Rain Wilson um, mm -hmm. about a conspiracy theory around a, um, a virus that has started to spread across the United States. And uh, there's a conspiracy tied to this comic book. And there's a group of nerds that have unlocked this conspiracy theory. Um, and they start getting hunted by this evil corporation. I mean, it's really, it has some funny parts. Uh, John Cusack plays a really good bad guy. Um, but it got canceled for some reason. So unfortunately that, and then uh, uh, high fidelity was, was my last one. High fidelity on Amazon or Hulu. That Hulu. one was good. And I'm bummed. I didn't know that uh, Utopia was canceled. Cause I am a couple episodes in. I, I'm more than a couple episodes in. I got about halfway through. So that's disappointing. Cause I was liking it. I was yeah, enjoying it's it. It's a really good show. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it too bad. They canceled it. All right, yeah, now we it's have really come, weird. Yeah, it's weird, and uh, yeah, it's very timely. It's such a timely show. What? Mm -hmm. 
It's Maybe that's what they were afraid of. That's fair. That's a good, fair point. So this is the part of our show that I have the best of the rest where we're not talking about movies or shows. We're just talking about some of the favorite things that we've enjoyed over the course of the year. So books, podcasts, music, songs, albums, um, anything like that. So Mel, give me your best of the rest. Tell me something that I should listen to. I should watch. I should, you know, check out. Okay. Okay. So actually I slacked on listening to new music this year until this show came up. And then I started listening to new music from this year. You know, like we were all stuck in the house and feeling kind of sentimental. And I don't know, I just got stuck on a music loop almost. So what I've done, sorry, is um, I kind of went through a couple different styles of music and checked out like the biggest, most downloaded songs on each of these albums kind of a thing by genre. Um, So for R&B this year, I found recently, and I hope I say her name right, Jenny Aiko, J-H-J-H-E-N-E-A-I-K-O. She's got an album out called Chilumbo, and it is uh, kind of an R&B, just very easy listening if you're into like Maxwell, um, not quite like Erica Badu, but almost that kind of vibe. It's very, very catchy and just relaxed, like bubble bath music almost. Um, so that's my R&B selection for the year. Um, and then I ran across this new album called Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her at all. She's kind of folksy, acoustic guitar type stuff, usually. Uh, and uh, this one was very different. It was very grungy guitar, um, kind of. It made me feel like it was reminiscent of like 90s and 2000s kind of, you know, garage band sound. Um, the album, again, it's called Punisher, but it also has a song on it called Punisher. And um, it's just a really haunting kind of melodic. I don't know. Check it out. You have to check it out. It's very relaxing. Um, and then strangely enough, I don't know why she comes up in my life so much and I act like I don't like her, but I really enjoyed Taylor Swift, both of her albums this year, uh, Folklore and Evermore. If you're into all the internet Easter eggs, there's like every song in there is supposedly is about an ex-boyfriend and like who he was with when they were cheating or I don't even know. Um, I don't follow any of that. But if you just listen to her songs, you can hear her mature a lot. And I don't know why that would matter to me, but for some reason, these two albums, you hear her exploring music in a way that I think it just reflected what we were all doing, which was sitting in the living room, figuring ourselves out a little bit more this year. So um, there's that. And I even looked up some new metal albums, Dave. I tried. And I did run across an entire album that I enjoyed called Lamb of God. It's my Lamb of God. Um, I think- Thank you. I was nervous because sometimes you step into a genre and you say you like something and everyone's like, it's so commercial, you know? Um, But I enjoyed it. The one thing I noticed, it sounded, how do I explain it? I guess the best way to say it was, it was exactly what you expect from a metal album. And I don't mean that like in a bad way. Like it's everything you expect from a metal album um, without feeling disappointed. They didn't get too weird or try to make something new. And um, I appreciated that. They stayed within their genre, but they, they made it creative. So very I'm good. I'm so proud of you um, right now. I can cry. I know. Tears of joy, right? I went from Taylor Swift to Lamb of God. Um, quite the range there. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I did a lot of, you know, uh, another one that I bumped into is Fiona Apple. Hmm. She has an album out called, sorry if my finger got out in your way i'm scrolling through my lists uh she has an album out called fetch the bolt cutters and it came out this year i think in june um i started out just listening to the main title song fetch the bolt cutters and then like i said what i was doing is i was going through these and trying to figure out like the most and least downloaded songs of the album because sometimes the least downloaded ones i never understand why they aren't more appreciated Mm -hmm. so i was like try to remove anomalies basically so I'm going through her album and I ended up accidentally listening to her album three times in a row today, like just on repeat. It was that good. Um, it's very R&B, but also indie and artsy. It's Fiona Apple, you know, like mm-hmm. she howls and stuff when she's singing a little bit. Um, but it's just she's a solid performing artist type person. You can really count on that. So again, that was Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I listened to it three times today. 
Um, there's a song on there called Ladies. Uh, I, I think I appreciate also that the topics aren't all breakup songs, even though some of them are, some of them are. There's also, there's just more about the topics, you know? It's not every song is, is that sad. What if we were together? Um, as far as like rap, I'm kind of disappointed in rap this year. I don't know why. Um, I've always loved Cardi and I've, you know, I do love Megan Thee Stallion. I love WAP who didn't. Um, the women this year I feel just came harder than the men and in rap. And I really, I don't know why. Where's our, you know, to pimp a butterfly of 2020. Like there are entire movements going on. Maybe I'm missing it. If somebody knows, send it to me. I'd love to listen to it. Um, and then, do, do, do what other types of music did I listen to? If anybody listens to like um, more pop mainstream also, strangely enough, I listened to Lady Gaga's new album from this year. I don't always love, her, like I didn't love her art pop or pop art, whatever. It was a little bit too out there for me. Um, but this last one where uh, I think it's Stupid Love, that's what it is. That album is very much, it's her old original style. Like she's back to the pop and the fun and the heavy, you know, like bass beats. It's just very dance music. Don't think too hard about it. Um, you know, and for a pop singer, she's always to me had quite the chops. So I, I enjoy listening to her. And certainly last, but certainly not least is a new um, Colombian singer named Aaliyah. That is A-L-E-A. Um, in particular, I found her song Echale Sal, which is uh, Add Salt. It's just a very like buttery, jazzy kind of Afro jazz. It's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful mix, but it's very modern at the same time with this contemporary twist. So those are my recommendations from all around the world and all around the genres for 2020. Oh, that's great. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, there's some <laughs> definitely ones I have to check out. Um, my wife is huge into rap too. So, and she would listen to mostly women's rap. Um, I think there's one like a Michaela 647 or I don't know. I can't, I try to look at it on Spotify. Yeah. Um, but she like wears a mask and shit and Heather just mm -hmm. loves her. Um, oh really? Well, yeah. have her send it our way. Um, I'd love to maybe try to plug her on some other time. Maybe I could just do this at the end of your shows from now on. There you go. Um, that was good. Oh, man, I'm so happy that you listened to the Lamb of God album. Uh, and the Lamb of God album is uh, probably their best one uh, in the last 10 years, for sure. Uh, they they had, a, as old older bands do, especially in metal, like they start playing a little bit slower and the songs start getting a little bit like, you know, cookie cutter but they, they fucking brought the heat with this one so i'm glad you they really did yeah no i totally did and i was so hesitant because i heard the name of the band and i was like it's so like quintessential like exactly what you think a metal band would be named and it started off that first intro um that first song and i was like this is gonna be that very exactly what you'd expect from heavy metal but then it, they did it in a way that was just it's it's updated but it's still it's still heavy metal you know it's like country tried to do this a few decades ago in the 90s where they tried to like contemporize country and I appreciate it to a point but at one point like Shania Twain became pop I'm sorry you know the chicks or the Dixie chicks became pop because there was just only a little bit of the country aspect left and this was more true to metal styling and I appreciated that and because of uh, copyright lies we get 10 seconds to play and so this is the title track Memento Mori from Lamb of God. We'll get to the good part. Use it wisely. Yeah, Randy Blythe is a, a killer. And a cool video, if you haven't seen the video. Cool video. I haven't seen the video. But uh, it's yeah, a, it's, it's definitely like a worth movie. checking out. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alright, so let me turn this off before I get in trouble by copyright laws um my best of the rest uh, i did uh, some i did some books i did some podcasts um the best album i listened to i'm gonna really show my age here um was the the latest from bruce springsteen it was uh, a great album it was letters to you um i don't really listen to albums too much especially like new stuff 
because I have Spotify, I basically just like pick and choose the songs I listen to. Lamb of God is one of the few that I listen to more than once. Uh, but Letters to You, um, I listen to over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and I just, I like Bruce Springsteen. So if you're a Springsteen fan, uh, great album. But uh, one of my favorite bands when I was growing up was the Deftones. Um, and they, they've been, you know, one of those bands that just haven't really done much. Uh, they put out albums here and there, but nothing memorable. Uh, but they put out Ohms this year, and it was it's a fucking killer album. Um, so, and if you're so if you're a Deftones fan, then it's a great Deftones album. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't really like the Deftones, then you're probably not gonna give a shit. But yeah, this is my this is my list here. So back off. Uh, Deftones was great. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's great. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I'm a podcast aficionado. Um, so. And I also love music. I love uh, classic music. Um, I love to hear history of music shows. And so um, the best podcast I listen to of 2020 is a show called No Dogs in Space. Um, it's a weird title, but it's uh, from this guy named Marcus Parks and his wife, uh, comedian Carolyn Haldago. Uh, they're old school punk fans. And uh, they're from the last podcast network. So like last podcast on the left, um, Marcus Parks is one of those guys, uh, but this is their sideshow. And what they do is they do series on, on uh, bands, classic bands who have defined the punk genre. So bands like um, the most recent one was Joy Division. So like I, I've always enjoyed the Level Terrace Apart song, but I never really knew about Joy Division. And so like they would do a four part series, like deep dive on bands like Joy Division, um, Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Um, what the fuck? The Misfits. I mean, these like classic punk rock bands from the early uh, 80s, late 70s and how they have changed music to, you know, music that we still listen today is based off of what these bands were doing in the 70s, Ramones. Um, and so I was just fascinating. So as a stoner, man, you light up a joint and you sit back and you listen to this podcast because they play tons of music throughout uh, because it's a Spotify exclusive. They own all those licenses so they can play as much music as we want or as they want. So you're like listening to some classic Ramones music or the Misfits. Uh, it's great. I got into a bunch of bands. Like I've been listening to Joy Division nonstop for the last couple yeah. weeks because of No Dogs. So, um, and then oddly enough, the other uh, favorite podcast of mine was The Office Ladies. Uh, I love the office and listening to the office ladies one is brainless because they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're very kind of vanilla. Like they're, you know, last podcast I love is about serial killers. These guys are talking about the office. So, you know, you can turn it off a little bit and they're funny. Um, books. I, I read a lot of books. Uh, Stephen King, the best book of the year was if it bleeds, uh, which is a short story anthology by Stephen King. Uh, Stephen King is the master. So everything that I, I read I, has to compare to Stephen King. So those are my best of the rest. Um, some great music. Um, uh, churches. I love this band called churches. I don't know if you've listened to them. Um, they're very much in like, if, if uh, you took new order, which oddly enough is joy division after the lead singer of joy division died, they started new order, uh, new mm -hmm. order. If they, you took them and put them in today, that's what churches sounds like. Like basically, uh, old eighties throwback, kind of like a techno ish kind of band. Um, they're great. They put out a great them. So that's my best of the rest. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? Any other uh, books you read or anything that you want to add on there? I feel so ashamed. I can't think of a single book I read this year that wasn't required reading for a grade. Um, Ooh, uh, I think us, I how, finished. Why don't you grade those textbooks for us? Why don't you tell us how amazing those are? They're fucking awesome. They're just great. Um, you know, it's uh, a lot of long German names because it's psychology and uh, they read like electronic manual instructions basically on how yeah. the brain works. I, so yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah, it's that good. sounds exciting. I love, but the textbooks are like the biggest fucking fraud in the world. It's like $200 for this textbook. Oh, here, let mm -hmm. me sell it back to you for 20 bucks and then they're like oh yes. 
you have to buy this new edition, but if you just bought the edition that's like four editions down, it's literally the same book except for like a couple more credits. It's like, oh, and it's going to be, you know, $250 more expensive. It's dumb. Um, yeah, no. Hey, you know, you were talking about British punk a minute ago. Um, my youngest son actually this year discovered an older punk rant, Crass. Are you familiar with them at all? No. Okay. You should check them out. They're kind of interesting. 1970s kind of punk. You'll, you'll appreciate it. Check yeah. it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah. I, you know, I love like Nine Snails. Okay. Like I, I'm Nine Snails is my band of all time. And I have already talked yeah. about my love of Trent Reznor earlier tonight. Yeah. All of this shit starts from Joy Division. It starts from Iggy Pop and the Stooges. It starts from the Ramones. Like all this shit that we're listening to today. Um, Nirvana covered the damn songs. Um, uh, Trent Reznor uh, covered a Joy Division song on the Crow soundtrack. I mean, like all these bands that we love that helped shape our um, childhood and like going into high school was based off of the stuff that happened in the late seventies in these bands. So uh, it's yep. very fascinating for me, who is like a music historian, just uh, like listening to these stories. And so I highly, highly recommend No Dogs in Space. I think I even shared one with you, told you to check it out because I know you want to do like a, a music mm -hmm. show eventually. And, you know, it's a great show to listen to, especially if you're stoned, because just like listening to old school 1970s rock music, man, and you're high. It's great. You can't, you can't beat it. So, nice. all right. Well, that's pretty much it. Um, what a great year, Mel. You know, we started in your basement. Uh, we're finishing on zoom, like, you know, 30 miles away. Uh, this, a lot of shit's happened. Like, you know, had a presidential election um you know virus you know people dying left and right like we have a whole new world from the time that we started uh at the beginning of the year to where we are now we've come so far but um mm -hmm. you know it's been great to share this uh this year with you guys um i think i i, I can't speak for you of course but uh this has helped me this show has like really helped me get through a lot of this shit that's been going on like being able to vent every Friday night or, you know, just hanging out with my friends for a couple hours. Like one, right. I, one of the things I love to do is like, what we'll do tonight is like, we'll stop the show and then all the friends will jump on and we'll fucking hang out and just shoot the shit. Like if it wasn't for this, you know, this year would definitely be uh, considerably more difficult. So, yes. you know, I really appreciate you coming on. I love having you on the show. Like, you know, if you first you you filled in for Chris because he went off and did his thing, but uh, you're such an integral part of this uh, whole Trekkie Pacific and Mile High podcast. So I just love having you on, and uh, I love the the voice that you bring to us. Uh, it, it's very much a sausage party at Trekkie Pacific. So we need we need some more estrogen in here. You and Courtney, and now my cousin Christy, like joining us. Uh, Mary I mean, Beth. Yeah. I, I think absolutely we need we need more regular female represent I mean not like you guys don't try I don't mean it like that at all Truckee Pacific has been wonderful about trying to be all inclusive it's a little bit tougher uh you know but um thank you I appreciate it I didn't know anybody gave a shit what I had to say so that's gotten me through this year I'm like somebody cares what I have to say about something yeah that's pretty and, neat and I I love like talking music with you so like anytime we have mm -hmm. a music uh show like i'm like i'm excited because i know you have always a, have a lot to bring to those those episodes but you have a different point of view than you know james and i or santori um it's just it's fun to have you on and have you be uh such an integral part of Truckee pacific and mile high podcast so thank you so it's much for everything you've done this year thanks um, for having me yeah i think we've done like, some good things this year um you know this is where james will like smoothly go into all the plugs, but I'm going to, I'm kind of clunky at this shit. So uh, let's close this out for 2020. All right. Um, you know, we have a shitload of shows, man. James is working on Santori project. Um, we have the quick hits that we're doing now. We have the regular mile high podcast. Uh, I promise you that uh, my wife and I are going to do our bad movie reviews. We're still trying to figure out how to do that because we're, we're trying to make it a, a live riff show where we're taking shitty movies and riffing on them. But uh, we have to figure out the technology on that first, but uh, we have a lot of shows that, and we're trying to get more. So if you guys go to www.truckypacific.com, um, check out all the shows that we're putting together. 
Um, or you can email me at the milehighpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you guys have any ideas on like, hey, you should do a show about this or hey, your show really sucked. You know, I want my money back. You know, <laughs> you know, send it all to the milehighpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're always looking for friends of friends to start their own shows. So um, if you have a, a show idea that you want to do, like we'll be happy to host your show on our podcast network. Um, just contact us and let me know. But ultimately we're doing this. I like to say we're doing this from you know, the generous part of our hearts and we're doing this for free and we're doing this for fun. Uh, but ultimately we're trying to make money off of you. So uh, I'll be blunt. I, I want your money. I want your hard earned money. I want some of that sweet, sweet $600 stimulus check that's coming to you. So if you can kindly donate to at Truckee Pacific 303, that's our Venmo page. Um, you can send us a dollar. You can send us a thousand dollars, uh, anything over 50 bucks. Uh, you can sponsor the show and tell us what we need to talk about and you can guest on our show. Um, but we just really want your money like a lot. Uh, I have a day job that I really, I, as much as I enjoy, um, as much as I enjoy my day job, I really want to do this podcasting thing and smoking weed and writing books. That's what I want to do uh, for the rest of my life. So if you guys can kindly donate to at Truckee Pacific 303 at our Venmo so I can officially retire from uh, work in retail. And that's a pretty much it. Season three kicks off on January 29th. Uh, James is premiering the uh, Santori Project trailer that night. Um, I'm still trying to get with the Weed Church to try to set something up with them so we can do a live show from them. Um, but they don't answer the emails for shit. So uh, that's it. That's all I have. Anything else you want to add, Melody? Just happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Enjoy it. You know, like I said, it's not going to get better on Friday magically, but it is the beginning of a year that is going to end better than this one ever would have. So, yes. Very good. So, you know, as Santori likes to say, be good to each other. Happy new year. Be safe. Wear your fucking mask and wash your hands. Good night. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.